0: Hey, there goes my other. Finally, oh. I have my other uh, ear on this headphone is working.
1: It's like when you're flying and one ear pops and then the other. Oh yeah. Or when you're flying,
0: you just get like mono on on your mono. Which is, which if you ever Mano? get mono on a plane, you don't really want that. Well, d- talk a little bit so I can hear if I. Uh...
1: Hello, James. Oh, you're in stereo there. Can you hear? Am I in stereo? Ow!
0: Ow! What the hell is wrong with you? I'm gonna lower your mic now.
1: How okay. are you, Chef? I'm fine. We're having a snowstorm. It,
0: well, no, 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 I looked out the window. It's a rainstorm at the moment. I was
1: driving. It was like it's like snows hitting a window and then immediately turning to. It's like going.
0: And then, but it's it's still melting because we haven't yes. hit that point where it's. That's twenty nine degrees. Thirty yeah. two degrees. Yeah. Well, thirty two is still going to melt. It seems to take. Because like, to the.
1: Cars running it. <laughs> <There laughs>
0: yeah. So that's why it stays on the grass, but not on the. um. There you go. I didn't know. I always wondered about that. It's
1: cold friction. It's called what?
0: Friction. creates heat. Where's friction?
1: Tires, road surface.
0: Oh. Well, no, even without the tires. Isn't it it more likely to stick on grass than it does... Well, because
1: the the road surface also retains the heat.
0: Oh. So when a car comes over it, it tends to be...
1: That's why we make roads out of blacktop and not out of cement.
0: Because cement is colder and it doesn't do anything? Cement will freeze. And crack. Or whatever. I don't know. I'm not a stonemason. I'm not. Gonna no, but
1: I know that blacktop is. You know, it's 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 also plot. It, it's also. I like pliable. the little hand
0: motion you're making for blacktop. It's like it's, Wee. it's, it's like, like Marcel Marceauish doing a bird.
1: Right. <whistles> Poor Marcel Marceau is dead.
0: Yes, he is. He's silent. So is Edmund Hillary. We lost him. Did you know he went up there with someone else? Tenzing. You remembered. You knew that Tenzing. Yes. Because everyone knows that Sir Edmund Hillary, Mount Everest, he blah blah blah, got to the top. Well,
1: because I've been to the mountain.
0: That's right. When when I two went to Nepal ago, right? a
1: couple of years ago, I had the worst trip of my life.
0: Wait, remind me, why was it so terrible?
1: Because it just rained, and we were going oh. up. We went up mountains that in the pitch black, in the rain, and it was dangerous. <sighs> and they kept looking at me like I was holding the the, the, the oh. car back. Because they couldn't get up certain hills. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Oh, come on.
0: But were you, you saw Everest. I assume you didn't yes. a- attempt any part of we it. We flew by it. Oh, okay. Was it really big?
1: It's huge.
0: How long did it take Hillary to do the, that thing when he first did Probably it? Probably weeks. Weeks, wow. Because
1: you go from base camp to base camp. I right. think there three base camps.
0: Well, no, I, I saw that play at the Irish Rep about Tom Crean, who was attacking, was it Everest or another mountain? Well, no, he's the pole. He was he was looking for the pole. And it was all about, you know, you get to one base camp, some people would stay behind, a yeah. couple people would go forward and forward and forward until finally with attrition, you only have two or three people
1: right. on the well, final Hillary and Hensing were the only two people who got to the, to the summit. That, At that, that point, that yeah. And people have really, I mean, it's really, really dangerous. I mean, you have to... They have all these crevasses that they have to take. You have to get, climb ladders across. Mm-hmm. It, it's very, you know, people die. All the time. I mean, even experienced experienced climbers die, get lost. They're and the dead. reason people do that, well, because it's there.
0: Is that what that's it's right. it's exactly why they do because it because it's there. I don't know. Yeah, if there's poison in my medicine cabinet, I'm not going to drink it because it's there.
1: They want to conquer it. Mm. They want to just say they've been to the highest. Okay, you know what?
0: What? Well, Edmund Hillary did it. Now, why does anybody else have to?
1: Because they want to do it, too.
0: You know, he planted his flag. That's cool. Yeah. I mean, you understand why everybody wants to get to the moon. Because you can put the garbage there. You can colonize it. You can probably, well, you can probably bounce satellites. probably, put, you probably put,
1: put garbage on uh, the summit of Mount Everest. It, yeah, I guess co-
0: yeah, right. You know.
1: Make a very cool sculpture.
0: Well, you always figure that the summit is, is a point, don't you? you, you well, the, like the summit sort of,
1: of, of Everest <coughs> is kind of like... It's It just kind of summits, and it's like a peak, but yeah. it's like a razor-edge peak.
0: Well, I assume he didn't stand right on that. He did. Really? Yeah. I would assume that's the most dangerous moment. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, if, if he's like, if it literally comes to like a pyramid... I did it. Whoops! <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs>
1: Look, Ma! <laughs> Ma! Wait, take one... Someone's taking the picture. <laughs> Tenzing, <back. Kensington>, take <laughs> one step back. Yeah. Ah! Oh, well.
0: By the way, ladies and gentlemen, let me just remind you that in ten minutes, Dave's Gone By begins. Jeff will be joining me for that. And this nonsense will be over. <laughs> <laughs> and we'll have, we'll have very different nonsense for you, including Inside Broadway, where we'll look at the news on and off Broadway, as well as I'll be reviewing a new play by David Henry Wong, the Which guy is who wrote *And Butterfly. It closed this afternoon. Um, it had been extended for a while, but I didn't get a chance to catch it's it Dave last week. because Dave didn't like
1: it. Dave didn't see it, so they closed it.
0: Yeah, and when I finally did see it, well, you'll have to... But well, then, then they
1: said his life's not worth living. Dave saw it already.
0: <laughs> well, so I'll be talking about it, because it's definitely worth talking about. And then, for the rest of Dave's Gone By, very, very special
1: guest. This is the guest we were supposed to have on last month. Oh, uh, well, let's not go too much into her,
2: because
1: well, <clears throat> then I'll have to explain... Rotten things.
2: There's
0: nothing rotten about it. It was just a... um, She was supposed to be calling in live. Actually, I was supposed to be calling her. Oh, it was just... I couldn't get to her, but she was on stage. She was still finishing a
1: concert. Poo-poo. Who's more important? I agree. I totally agree.
0: And she apologized profusely later. And then talked forever.
1: Talked through my show last
0: week. I know. Well, yeah, yeah. We kind of... Once we got talking, we got on a roll because I had a lot to ask her. She's a pretty major singer-songwriter. Her name is Issa. Who? Well, better known, formerly known as Jane Sibory, But she changed her name to Issa. Who? You ever hear the song Calling All Angels? No. You ever heard the song Calling All Angels? It's a no. beautiful, beautiful song. Wow. Just to tell you how windy it is outside, the door to the... Stations, um main room of the radio station here just kind of breezed open. And I'm not talking like the outside door. I'm talking like the inside door well, wait, all the hey, way down we'll the hall. Who opened the outside door? Nobody. That just opened... That could be the wind. And I'm, the wind is kind of... Yeah.
1: Or it was Jane Sibri.
0: <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Jane Sibri wants her name back. <laughs> she's like, she's not happy with Issa now. So Jane like, no. Okay, my mm-hmm. kind of name is Isa. I want to back. See, that
1: was someone who died this
0: week. <laughs> well, anyway, I had a marvelous conversation.
1: All right, and you'll Ethan. hear it because it lasts forever.
0: And, well, and, and also, we tuck some songs in there, too. So, you will hear tonight at 11 Isa, a.k.a. formerly K.a. Chang uh-uh. Sibiri at 11. So, okay, but before then, we have a few minutes, Jeff. Mm-hmm. So, now that you have the time, is not being taken away from you, you okay. have the mic.
1: I don't know what to talk about. Yeah, exactly, about. exactly. But I, I, I am, I love the Amazing Race. So everyone tune in next, next right, Sunday Amazing for the Racing. final, the final episode of the Amazing Race. It will end, and one of the teams will win one million dollars.
0: Oh, wow! That's I, pretty cool. I would not care less. I really, you know, I just. But hey, what do just I care just, if someone else wins a million dollars?
1: You'd be happy for them. I'm hoping Grandpa wins. Why wow. social security? <laughs> <laughs> hey, did
0: you hear about? That's what we can talk about. Did you hear about those guys? The
1: old guys, isn't that hilarious? And then I also have to tell you something else. Wait, well, wait, wait, let's just,
0: talk about the uh, guys. Wait, let
1: me tell you about the one quick right. thing because I don't know what was happening, but I woke up. I, I woke up and like I sometimes put my TV on on sleep mode. Uh huh. And I woke up just to hear the like the last thirty seconds of my TV go off. Yeah. And they were talking about these new uh, driver's license that they're issuing, but they and they they're issuing all these things with all the security oh, yeah. because. Blah, 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 blah. But they're only issuing them to people who um, were born after 1963, and, and it's because they say people over 50 aren't da- considered dangerous. <laughs> 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 and then, boom, the TV went off, and I went, whoa. Well, that's, uh,
0: people are like, and now, is that the um, driver's license, or is that the ID, national ID no, card? No, no, thing? the
1: driver's license. Oh, Okay. So it's like, I don't have to worry about, you don't have to worry about me. I'm
0: not, yeah. Me, I, I'm, of course, I'm on the other side, I'm on the cusp of it, so I would get uh, hit by that. Well, when were you born, what year? 64,
1: early 64, so it would just mm. be on the... I uh, don't know, you will or will, it's, it's you, you're going to be only slightly bigger. Well, I
0: like to be thought of as younger, so why not... Uh, well, I don't know, it's, they said, it was like, I don't remember... You caught exactly. the last 30 seconds. Yeah. But, <clears throat> speaking of old, you know, wasn't that an amazing thing with those two old oh men... Oh my God. I feel sorry for What's
1: even better is that it wasn't illegal.
0: (laughs) It wasn't illegal? No.
1: Wait. The only thing they did illegal was trying to cash his check. Well, wait, wait. Explain what actually happened in case people don't know. These three guys were, I guess, kind of friendly but recluses, so they didn't really talk to too many other people in the nursing home. Uh Uh-huh. And the one guy died. But his social security check came in the mail that day. So they plopped him in an office chair. Yeah. And they rolled him down the street to the bank <laughs> or something. And, and people thought that was rather odd. You know, the people who saw it, and especially like an off duty cop, thought that was kind of odd because he was pretty noticeably dead. He
0: wasn't. Notice- what well, if they used a wheelchair instead of an office chair? If they maybe rented like a wheelchair, do you think they could have gotten away you know, with it? I
1: don't. Well, you know, probably in the office chair it was probably. You know. Yeah right. He's
0: like, eh. <laughs> I don't yeah. think he
1: could prop him very well, but um, and and they said they went into a cash check cashing place or something. I think yeah. that's what it was. And they asked to get and they said, "Where is he?" And he's outside. I don't know. It was. I guess one of the guys raised his hand, so he oh. waved. I don't know, but he was. He, they said they said, of course, the guy was outside, attracting quite a crowd. <laughs> <laughs> they
0: left him outside.
1: I don't know, well, but they so said it was... A, I mean, was
0: if you were going to do that, wouldn't you, like, drive up to the place, pull up...
1: They probably didn't drive. They probably spot. didn't have a, you know... Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Or so. Do the drive through teller. Put some sunglasses on.
0: Yeah, right. Sunglasses and a blanket. I mean, I, I never didn't saw a at Bernie's,
1: Didn't they you know. see Weekend at Bernie's?
0: I, I have not, but I'm assuming they figured some interesting way. I thought that ways. was
1: hilarious, though.
0: It's a great idea for a, a movie.
1: Well, truth is always sta- stranger than well, fiction.
0: Well, but in this particular case, fiction inspired truth, I guess. Well, fiction well,
1: well, fiction was imitated by truth. It was,
0: exactly. So, so I'm assuming their main thing would be fraud, not yeah, dead there's, person. There's
1: nothing wrong with taking a dead person for a ride in the secretarial chair, I guess. Isn't there? No.
0: No. Well, it's not you're like a, you're
1: transporting a dead body. It's it's not, you know, there's not a crime in that.
0: Yeah, well, no, let's say, you you know, you get these old people, they're married forever, and then the old one of the people dies, and he just ends up sitting in the bedroom for a year and a half until the smells get to the neighbors. Mm-hmm. The, the other person isn't arrestable for something.
2: Nope.
0: There's probably some statute on the book somewhere that you can't kind of... Yeah, right. uh, just keep well, a bargain. on Well, on,
1: onward to more weird news. Cause yeah. this, I heard something else on the news that was really weird. Tell me what. <coughs> well, me. New York City is now going to have some paid toilets. Do you know about this? I saw it on the news. Go we on. go have some paid toilets. And it, you get um, put in 25 cents. Or, I think it's 25 cents. And you get 15 minutes, and there's, it's an actual a toilet. And once you open, it goes through a cleaning cycle. It's very, yeah, very yeah, hygienic. Yeah. But the, one of the news reporters said, well, what happens... Um, if you uh, if you go beyond your fifteen minutes, and the guy jokes, well, it locks you in forever. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and then then the guy and then, and then you hear the reporter go, it was a woman, and and then you hear the woman go, well, actually, it's much worse. If you're f- if you're fifteen, once your fifteen minutes are are up, and this is exactly what she put it was great. She goes, once the fifteen minutes are up, the doors open and the eyes of New York are upon you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, 15 minutes is... I mean, you can do a lot in 15 have, but minutes. But if you have diarrhea... I've had... I've had... I've I had mean, horrible in- intermissions of I shows. just want to
1: know... I, I mean, it would be nice. Can you, like, keep putting quarters in there?
0: I doubt it. Because uh, uh, how could you do it from the inside? And if you could, then you just have drug dealers in there all day. You know, I'm assuming...
1: I know, but if you really don't feel well...
0: I guess you get up. <laughs> you open the door... You get out. And you I wonder if in. there's a
1: countdown clock inside.
0: Oh, that would be smart. Now, that would be, you know, so you know pretty you well. You have 15
1: seconds before the eyes of New York you are fine,
0: You Yeah, it would be amazing if they had, like, toilet meter maids. Or if you overstayed your a lot of time, you got a ticket.
1: You don't get a ticket. The door's open. <laughs> I mean, yeah, right. It's worse than a ticket. It's oh so
0: much worse than a ticket. No, it's not. No, no. Tickets, you know what car tickets are i rather have somebody looking at me with my pants off oh. than, than get a $150 ticket. I would ticket. so much rather get a
1: $100 ticket than someone see me on the toilet.
0: Well, you know, it's just I didn't read the story, but there was something like today or yesterday was a day for people to drop their pants on the subways. That was apparently a kind of a thing. Just, uh, was it
1: pants-dropping subway day already? Yeah, <laughs>
0: apparently. And I missed it. Damn! I always miss the important things. <laughs> I hate when for,
1: have flag. Half staff flag day comes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Only half staff? Oh well. Well that's what it's called. When you drop your half staff. Half staff or half mask? Well, oh well, or half staff. Yeah, oh maybe it's half mask. Or drop trow is the uh no. the mm. military thing. Anyway, speaking of well Anywho. it's it's 2258 military time, ladies and gentlemen. Which means we have to wrap up the little big time and get put a to great Dave's
2: big bow G- on this issue. Oh <laughs> yes,
0: it was a, it was a nice one. I think it was very flowed very well. Thank you, thank you, Jeff Goodman. Stick around, please, Jeff, for Dave's Gone By coming up. I have in a to.
1: I'm glued to the desk.
0: Excellent. I'm glued here too. And please, everybody, stay glued to your radios. We've got Dave's Gone By with Inside Broadway and ISA coming up. Right after this, from the miles of my nautical heart and the heart of my dog's nautical's, you're listening to Dave's Gone By on the station that serves your community, AM 1240 WGBB Freeport. (laughs) Greetings from Long. Long Island, where every highway is a sunrise, it's time for Dave's Gone By, an hour of comedy, talk, and music brought to you by Total Theater, with your host, Dave Lefkowitz. You've never heard anything like it, so sit back, relax, squeal if you must, here's the host of Dave's Gone By, Dave! Now dog night, like two flamingos
2: in a fruit fight.
3: Every color of day Swirling around at
2: night
0: Well Eek Eek There goes the neighborhood, not Eek. No, you told me to squeal if I must. Oh you must squeal. That was not so was, that wasn't such a great squeal. Eek Mo- Move away from the mic and do a louder, better eek squeal. Ah! Ow? Okay. That's not a squeal, that's a shriek. You need to work on that. Okay. I think you also broke my headphones. There you go. <laughs> I mean, you just literally broke the headphones in half. Oh, well. That's Jeff Goodman scree- screeching at you. <laughs> Serves you right. Serves you right. <laughs> no. Oh, you were doing that? I'm sorry, I did realize you were doing Well, anyway... <laughs> Our special effect tonight, besides being Jeff, is me, Dave Lefkowitz, here with the 255th episode of Dave's Gone By on this January 13th, 2008. Welcome everyone to the Daverhood, to this show, which is going to be pretty special and, and uh, this one I can actually promise will be special and good. Now see, a month ago, our special guest was supposed to be a musician, a wonderful singer-songwriter named Jane Sibbery who um, has been in the music business for about 20, 25 years, has written some beautiful songs, has done a couple of really great albums, and she was supposed to, I was supposed to call her, and it was a live interview, and I hate scheduling live interviews just for this reason, because it turned out, when she was supposed to be calling us, she was still on stage, and couldn't get to us and forgotten, all that kind of thing. So, apologized profusely, blah, blah, blah. How dare she forget us. I know, I know that, that some little audience somewhere was more important than being on Dave's Gone By. So, you know, Issa was um, kind enough to reschedule, and we did. And uh, we spoke last week and had this marvelous freewheeling conversation. And so, part one of it is tonight. There's so much that I had to sort of chop it up, because we also want to play some of her music on the show as well. So tonight, yes, definitely, absolutely, you're going to have the fun of hearing from Issa, a.k.a. or formerly known as Jane Sibbery on Dave's Gone By. We'll also be doing Inside Broadway, the uh, art segment brought to you by Performing Arts Insider Theater magazine, which uh, tells you all the Broadway and off-Broadway news. Plus, I will be reviewing the latest play by David Henry Huang. He's the fellow who wrote M. Butterfly, and also the um, the book for the revised musical of Flower Drum Song we did a couple of years ago. Well, he has a new play, a comedy Rather loosely, not so loosely, based on his own life. And it's called Yellow Face. It's playing at the Public Theater. And I will be reviewing it on Inside Broadway in just a couple of minutes. But first, let's very quickly get through our sponsors. Jeff, do you want to do that for us? Okay, MortgagesRock.com. Yes, that's one of them. What about them? They rock. They do. MortgagesRock.com tells you everything you need to know about getting financing, loans, or being able to get them for other people, and you get the commission, MortgagesRock.com. Hewlett Minuteman Press. 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners. Every job, big or small, at Hewlett Minuteman Press. And the next 11 shoes, so they uh, Easy to get to. Okay, quickly, quickly, what's next? Fancy schmancy balloons? Yeah, let's skip over them. <laughs> no, what's her phone number? Dunno. Fancy Schmancy Balloons is 797-3229, area code 516, and people should call them because if you have a party or a bar mitzvah or a wedding or any kind of event, you're going to want it to look great. You're going to, want to have nice balloons and centerpieces, and fancy Schmancy Balloons can do that. 516-797-3229. And finally... Performing Arts Insider. The Bible of Broadway for 65 years now. This is the journal that people in the theater industry use to know what's going on on Broadway, off-Broadway, in the cabaret clubs. It tells you everything, when things are opening, who's in everything, who the designers are, how to contact the actors through their agents and the press agents. It's all in Performing Arts Insider each and every month, sometimes twice a month, 21 issues a year, or you can go for the monthly subscription, and if you do... And it's a big sale for Dave's Gone By listeners. It's $120 for 12 issues. And it's usually about $14 or $15 an issue on the stands. So you're really getting a nice savings. Go to davesgoneby.org for details on that. Or performingartsinsider.com for details on Performing Arts Insider. Well, we want to get right to the rest of this episode. So we're going to do a little bit of uh, commercial business here. Then we'll be back with Inside Broadway on Dave's Gone By. Do not even think of going away. There is a season, turn, 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 turn the pages of Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, because this is the season for Broadway. All the big shows are opening in the next few weeks. Learn about them all. For 64 years, Performing Arts Insider has been the Bible of Broadway. Find out why by going to PerformingArtsInsider.com. Subscriptions are 10% off for Dave's Gone By listeners. So turn, turn, turn to Performing Arts Insider for every show show under heaven inside broadway brought to you by total theaters performing arts insider your everything theater guide Yes, we go inside Broadway pretty much every week on Dave's Gone By, because I love the theater, and also because I'm somewhat involved with Performing Arts Insider Theater magazine that sponsors this segment. And also I like to tell people what's happening culturally on our stages. Well, we so cultural. I am, aren't I? Oh, good. Oh, God. Well, I have wonderful news. Now, see, this is that time of year. You know, it's a fairly quiet time as far as things opening and closing. Well, closing, no, but things opening and and theater news. But it's also a quiet time because all the tourists have left Manhattan, which leaves a lot of the big shows that were doing amazing business in December um, hurting a little and wanting audiences. And so this is the time, folks, if you want to see some big Broadway shows, to go and try and get the discount tickets. And it's also the time... Between January 21st and January 27th, so it's a week from now. Um, it's Live Theater Week Off Broadway. You can find out about it at OffBroadway.org. There are some restrictions, but basically, there's no little paper uh, twofers or anything like that. It's just it's two for one tickets, and these are these are some of the Off Broadway shows that are part of this promotion: Alter Boys, Celia, The Life and Music of Celia Cruz. The Fantastics, Die, D-A-I, that's the um, the Israeli uh, one-woman show. Gazillion Bubbles show, Hunting and Gathering, I Love You, You're Perfect, Now Change. New Jerusalem, the David Ives play. Stomp, Stomp is on there. Uh, my mother's Italian, my father's Jewish, and I'm in therapy. My First Time, there's a few others. Go to offbroadway.org, and it's, yes, there are some restrictions, maybe you can't get it on a Saturday night or something, but for the most part, it's two-for-one tickets Theater Night Live, Off-Broadway, January 21st through January 27th. What a great deal. Yeah. I mean, considering that Off-Broadway tickets are now $70 or something like that, if you can get an Off-Broadway ticket for 20 30 that's pretty good. And oh, yeah. So do it up. Now, as far as Broadway news, well, not much really to talk about, except that we had a big Broadway opening three days ago. We certainly did. And did you see the reviews of The Little Mermaid? No, I did not. They They were not... For the most part, very nice. They were under the sea. Well put, yeah. Legit. This is Ben Brantley. Ben Brantley wrote a classic. We don't get that that much anymore, especially even for the New York Times. He can he can be rough. He can be <coughs> picky and whatever. What but you think? don't get those real kind of vicious reviews where there's a jokey put down in every single paragraph or sentence. Oh, he but did? he did it here. He opened the review, Ben Brantley, the, the head critic of the New York Times, with... Loved the shoes, loathed the show, and it was downhill from there. Because he talked about these skating things. I heard the set is unbelievable, unbelievably good or unbelievably no, unbelievably good. He called the show a musical blunderbuss. Oh my god! (laughs) And he said the motto of this production could be "You can never go broke underestimating the taste of preschoolers." Ouch!
1: I give it a C.
0: Now, and I looked at some of the other reviews, and, and for the most part, they were a little kinder, but they were still very, very underwhelmed by by The Little Mermaid. So it makes me wonder, is The Little Mermaid going to be in trouble? Did the
1: Inquirer, give it a thumbs up?
0: I, I missed the Philly Inquirer, but Newsday was like, eh. Well, she's a weiner. USA Today wasn't, wasn't too bad. <coughs> USA Today said it wasn't great, but it, it was cute. It was nice. So they were about the best review I saw of it, although I only saw a couple but now that, are they going to have, do you think, <clears throat> another Tarzan on their hands? Or are they, is it going to be like Legally Blonde, where the audience is so built in with teenage girls that it'll do okay?
1: I think that's, that's going to be the case.
0: You think it's, 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 like it's pre-sold?
1: It's 100 percent business already. Let are they really? Reviews,
0: sure. Huh. Well, yeah, but Tarzan was doing really good business for a few weeks, too. And then the, the bottom dropped out of there.
1: Par- Tarzan was not a little girl's musical, it was a little boy's musical.
0: <laughs> okay. Good point. And the little boys just were sort of like, eh, I'd rather see Lion King or right, what? Right. something else. Yeah. And, and if you come to think about it, the shows, you got Wicked up there now. You've got, um, what's the other one that's really, good, Legally Blonde, and there's another one even for, what's what? Girl Appropriate or girl, Girl-like on Broadway that's doing... Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins, right. So, that's the, the new demographic, and I guess, legal, um, what do you call it? Mermaid appeals to it, so... Will
1: Van Brantley's and, and other people's reviews make a dent, or a? I don't think so. I, I think this is pretty much has a big built-in audience. I mean, they they closed Beauty and the Beast after fifteen years. I know, but to to open this. Oh yeah, and and if this doesn't work, then Shrek will come in. And... Oh, that's yeah, good point. Well, they'll bring Beauty and the Beast back,
0: <laughs> just like they did with Les Mis. Oh, well, I mean, that wasn't Disney, but you know what I'm saying. Anyway, i got just a couple more minutes here on this part of Inside Broadway on Dave's Gone By, so I wanted to tell everybody fairly quickly about the new David Henry Wong play called Yellow Face. Now, Huang, very best known for winning the Tony and maybe a Pulitzer, I don't, maybe not, for um, M. Butterfly, a very famous play about the. the, the- diplomat who falls in love with a Chinese woman who's actually a Chinese man playing a Chinese woman, and it was really well done, and John Lithgow became pretty famous from it, and et cetera, and so forth. Wong is a very good playwright. He's one of our best, actually. He's written some terrific Wong acts. He's also did a br- brilliant play on Broadway that flopped called Golden Child that I think should get another... I
1: love that one. Wasn't that a good play?
0: Yeah. And well, I mean, nobody saw it, but it was damn good. He, I didn't like... Um, um, he was actually, speaking of Tarzan, he was the one who did the, the bad book on that. So with musicals, he's a little iffy. He also did the, uh, the revision of Flower Drum Song two years ago. But as far as plays go, he's he's really fine. So Face Value was a play that he wrote uh, about ten years ago, and it had to do with something that happened when he was doing M. Butterfly, and he went into these, um, this... <coughs> And Butterfly, well, actually, I'm I'm confusing things. Forgive me here. He was kind of involved because of M Butterfly. He was seen as a spokesperson for the Asian community, right? In and the entertainment Asian community. So when speaking of uh, the Les miserable people, <clears throat> when um, what's wrong with the helicopter? Miss Saigon. Thank you. Miss Saigon was playing all the. Don't Broadway. worry, I'll
1: be here for all your little questions.
0: <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> that's, that's what you're here for, Jeff. So, just feed, feed me the info. So, Miss Saigon was playing in London, and, and the Asian community was shocked and angered that playing the engineer, that kind of key role of the narrator person and the, the, the slimy guy who, who is the connective tissue of the musical. He had an American dream. Yeah, and he was an English actor named Jonathan Price. With not a hint of Asian or Eurasian blood in him.
1: But that's also because he originated the role in London.
0: Well yeah, but even in and London won
1: all sorts of awards for it.
0: Yeah. And Cameron McIntosh was saying, Jonathan Price is my man, he's the most brilliant the only actor who can play this role the way it's meant to be played. And the Asian community was saying, You're kidding me, right? You can't find a male Asian actor right. between
1: twenty five and fifty five anywhere. Well, you know what the problem really was. What the King and I closed down the block. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone was out of work. So
0: in, uh, there were protests, and, and MacIntosh threatened to close it, not even bring it to Broadway. Things resolved. M- um, excuse me, um, Miss, uh, not Miss, I- yeah, Miss I- yeah, Saigon I- yeah, came <laughs> to um, Broadway. Jonathan Price was in it. He won the Tony. He was brilliant, and it left. David Henry Wong feeling a little ambivalent on both sides of it because he understood both sides of the argument that Asian actors can't get enough work and they're being discriminated against but he's also, how can he not be for artistic freedom as a writer so he wrote a farce about that called Face Value about casting someone who should have been Asian but wasn't Asian, it's it's this whole mixed up thing and anyway, it bombed, It, it Played out of town a little bit, got bad reviews, and then closed before it opened in New York, right in previews, and was his, his worst flop to date. Well, it's obviously something that has stayed with him and stayed with him, because he wrote now a play called Yellow Face, which is a comedy based on what happened, but it's not a farce, it's actually what's happened, but it's also fictional. He has whole other characters come in there and a whole other side story. <coughs> but it's also got some wonderful material, some of the best material in the play, about Wong's relationship with his father and the true story of his father, who is, who was an immigrant, came to San Francisco, came to California, fell in love with America. He loved the idea of America back when he was in China. And he ended up becoming a major, major financier, an owner of a bank. And then was, ironically enough, and this is a true story, you can look it up on, on Google in the New York Times, was accused of funneling money back and forth from China. And You're told, lying
2: tonight. <laughs> I mean,
0: well, anyway, Wong factors all of this stuff into Yellow Face, which is half true, half not. We're getting a lot of these plays this year where, like the Farnsworth invention and, um, and Frost Nixon... That's because
1: it's the end of the end of an administration that's been giving us half-truths.
0: Nicely put. And so... If you're going to take yellow face at face value, as it were, well, you can't really do that. You have to just take it as an entertaining play, and it sure is. You know, there, there's no sets. It's all done. It's at the public theater. At there's Palapia. no sex. No, and there's well, very little sex anyway, either. And did you know Wong Straight had no idea? Who? He totally threw me. The, the David Henry Wong. Yeah. Or at least he is in this play. See, they have another actor playing David Henry White. It well, all it all ties in.
1: It's B.D. Wong who's getting so, Totally.
0: Totally, mean, they ended up getting Wong for face value when it came to Broadway. And it just it's all I'm saying is I wish you guys could all go and see Yellowface because it is very funny and it's very has a lot to say about all the stuff that, that we were just talking about. Um, it isn't perfect, and there, there are parts that drag on a little bit, and then there are parts where you sort of wonder, is he throwing this in and muddying the waters of something that should be a lot clearer? Um, but it, and it, what I like about the play also is it doesn't need the sets. It has the costumes, because it has this dynamic of the modern play, where it's filled with narrations and phone calls and people emailing each other and newspaper quotes. It's about the isolation and the sound bites of our modern culture as much as it is about Wong and his experience writing the plays and his relationship with his dad. So if you didn't get to see Yellow Face, hopefully you'll either get to read it or, or there will be local places that will start to do it now that it just closed at the public theater. But um, definitely a, a big thumbs up on that. And a big thank you for, to David Henry Wong for writing plays like this that are so fun to watch and fun to talk about. And uh, that's, that's really what it's all about inside Broadway. We've just been Inside Broadway thanks to TotalTheater.com and Performing Arts Insider. Welcome back to Dave's Gone By on this very, very special Sunday night. It was supposed to be a Sunday night about a month ago, but it didn't happen then, but I'm thrilled that it is happening now. We have with us on the phone a pretty legendary singer-songwriter, formerly known as James Sibbery, currently known as Issa, and still making some pretty amazing music. Issa, welcome to the neighborhood.
4: Me bad, Dave. I... I'm sorry I missed your last interview. It was my fault.
0: Oh, okay. Well, don't apologize to me. Apologize to the listeners, and they forgive you, and we love you, and it's all okay now. So, you were in a concert or something. Like, you, you couldn't even get to I your... was
4: on stage, if that's any kind of excuse.
0: Well, what, what songs <laughs> were you doing while we were waiting for you? Do you remember what your set list was? Uh, it
4: was the end of the show. Therefore, I was doing Walk on Water, uh-huh. which people might have heard before. And then the last song was a new song called We Are Low. And then and I didn't do it because I was in Montreal, I did it in English speaking countries.
0: Too. Okay.
4: Um, countries. Did I say countries? Um yes, and then uh, yes, and then I was yes. Yes.
0: Okay. Well, no, it's <laughs> cool. I'm thrilled that you're here tonight. And um, just so much stuff to talk about, both about your work and about, well, your life, even though I'm sure you're pretty darn sick of answering questions about your big life change a couple of years ago. But I guess one more time, it will not hurt to, uh, to go through that again. But why don't we start from the very, very early part. Um, in fact, one of the records that you released a few years ago was your first recordings when you were still like a teenager. So you you came to music pretty early, I assume.
4: Yeah, I did. I I've, I've always um played piano by ear and I didn't learn guitar till I was 16, but yeah, it's always been um a surprise that other people didn't do it like all the time like I did.
0: And did you pick it up pretty quick when you were doing the um the guitar and the piano?
4: Yeah. Yeah, I play by ear, so I can pick up most things and 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 play it. See, I play,
0: I play by my fingers, and it takes me forever. I should probably do, do the ear thing instead.
4: Well, how many ears do you have? It helps if you have...
0: Well, I have two ears and, and ten fingers, so I should be eight. It's yeah. the other eight fingers that are getting in the way. I think that's the big problem right there.
4: Well, if you'd like to talk to my mother, she's right here. She can tell you about when I played piano when I was young.
0: Are you kidding me? Your mom is there?
4: Yeah.
0: Is oh, my right? God. Put, put your mom on the phone. This is I get two for one tonight.
4: You do, and I just happen to be in a hotel room with my mom, um, and here she is. She can tell you whether the rumors about me are true or not. <laughs> okay. So I introduce you to Shirley Stewart. This is my mother.
0: Oh, hi, Shirley Stewart. Hi. This is Dave Lefkowitz. Good evening, Dave. Good evening, Shirley Stewart. Boy, I mean, we, we hear about celebrities like Britney Spears and, and having these horrible things, and then, and then you come across a celebrity who's in a hotel room with her mom. I mean, that's... Oh.
5: We're just having a ball.
0: Well, that's that's terrific. Um, are you on tour with her, Is, or are you just visiting,
5: or what's the deal? No, we're in a small town outside of Toronto. We came here uh, to celebrate uh, Fred Sibberies' 90th birthday with all our relatives.
0: Fred being her, your uncle. uncle. Okay, cool. Just just checking. And and the
5: husband of the the. And that she admired so much. Uh huh. So or, we've been here with all the relatives. Well, that's, now, that's what would you, great. What would you like to know about Jane? <laughs> this is this is
0: bizarre. Okay, I'm, but I'm. I'm <laughs> okay. What do you remember when she came to you and said, "Mommy, I wrote a poem," or "Mommy, I wrote a song," and you said, "Oh, that's nice. Let me hear it."
5: Oh yes, I do. When she started composing, uh-huh. uh huh, she'd be. Uh, doing her thing and we'd all be in bed and i'd hear these little footsteps on the stairs and i'd hear this little voice saying mom are you asleep and i'd go down to the kitchen Uh and she'd play me her latest song and i'd listen to it and i'd say that's very nice but i need to hear it again so she might play it two or three more times for me when I should have been in bed and asleep.
0: (laughs) And did you... I assume in those years you encouraged her, but was it tougher to encourage her when she became sort of a teenager and and young adult and were you worried, oh, she needs to get a regular job job or was that never a consideration kind of a thing?
5: No, she got her honors degree in microbiology from Guelph University. And... When she had her gown and her cap on and her diploma in her hand, she walked down to her dad and handed him the diploma and said, Now I'm going to do music for the rest of my life.
0: And her dad said, or does Jaw just drop and say
2: <laughs>
5: <laughs> No, Here, Here's a checkbook always,
2: and, No, what?
5: She's always been interested in music and uh she played in cafes when she was at university. Mm-hmm. She took music lessons, and she did finish the theory, but the practical, nobody could really teach her, because she had a good ear. Yeah. but
0: I'm curious. It's probably not a fair question to ask, but do you have a favorite Jane Sibbery slash Issa song?
5: I like One More Color. Uh-huh. There's so many favorites. Well, I love no. the hockey because it reminds me of my youth. And I think that came from stories that I told her of where I grew up.
2: Mm-hmm.
5: Which was on the edge of a pond. Oh, okay. Grenadier Pond. She's a marvelous daughter. I'm Aww. really lucky.
2: <laughs> okay.
5: Yes, she, she really is. She has included her dad and me in everything all the way along
0: well even obviously even
5: you're,
0: you're right there with her and that's that's I've one more question for you and then, and then I kind of you know obviously want to get back to, to talking to her but how did you feel about the um the life change a couple of years ago I assume you had to be supportive but were you did you look at it and go you know where is she going with this or was it like oh you know that's kind of a nice idea
5: well um, I was sort of relieved because she really worked hard when she had her own business, Sheba.
2: Uh-huh.
5: And she didn't have enough space, I didn't think, because I used to try and help her with the, you know, the office, the odd jobs, and, and she didn't have time to clean. I used to try and help with that. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, yeah. I, I mean, people—it's an all-consuming job to run a record company. I mean, literally right. mailing everything and getting the, the silk screens and the T-shirts and the mugs and what, and what have oh. you, and then having to concentrate on some point on music. I mean, where's That's the right. room for that? Yeah.
5: It was a nightmare at times, but she managed. hmm She's very innovative, and I'm very proud of her.
0: And do you call her Issa now or Jane? <laughs> I'm wondering, I don't know, I, you know.
5: I don't know either.
0: Really? What, well, do you just say,
5: when hey I there? Answer, when I answered the phone this morning, when uh-huh. she called me, I said, I started to say Jane Abel, and then I changed it to Issa.
0: So it, it might take another couple of months before it really, totally, totally still sinks in. Jane Bell. Was that is it, Is Jane a short name of Jane Abel? Or is that just a little nickname?
5: That's their nickname. Oh, well, oh. my son changed his name, and uh, if you're going to change your life and your lifestyle,
2: according uh-huh. to
5: the Kabbalah, changing your name's all right.
0: It's now, the wait, right thing to do. The, now, no offense, but what are you, uh, you... You're not Jewish, are you? No! Okay, well, you mentioned the Kabbalah.
5: Well, I studied it. There's nothing wrong with studying it. I studied it for four years.
0: Oh, my gosh. So you're not quite the typical um, you know, middle class mom housewife either, obviously, if you're studying the Kabbalah for four years. So
5: well, my children have included me in their life and it certainly broadened me. That's wonderful. That's really terrific. That's wonderful. I'm a very fortunate woman.
0: Well, I'm I feel very fortunate to be able to talk to you, Issa's mom, <laughs> but I still, you know, obviously wanna to, wanna to talk a bit to Issa if <laughs> she's still there. Um, so, if we could get her back on the phone, I would love to talk to her. Yes, I look, you have a right
5: here. Two-line thing. absolutely but... stunning.
0: Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, well, by the way, My... in the neighborhood here, we're talking to Issa and Issa's mom, who was re- re- really, really fun to talk to, but I think Issa's back on the line now? Uh, yes. Hey, welcome back. Um, I didn't ask her anything too too personal or upsetting. Don't worry. I didn't. I didn't freak your mom out in any fashion. At least I hope not. Or is she glaring at you as we're No.
4: Okay. No, but, but I, this is—I do want to clarify one thing. It—it it doesn't matter what my name is. Whenever I call her, she usually says, "Who?"
0: <laughs> Thanks, Mom. Yeah, that—that's—that's that's nice. Um, now, as I as as we've gone through the fact that you wanted to divest of running Sheba Records and having all this, but um you know artists were forever complaining and still do about big record companies now you were you were part of one of them for a while with warner brothers so you you dealt with all that and then started your own company and then that became too much so so you've seen both sides of it was what made it really impossible was it the digital revolution that kind of made running an old-fashioned record company passé Um I know it's kind of a weird no, question. No,
4: no, no. The digital revolution. Um, I I had different things happening with she, but they weren't just music. I was trying to do different things through it, including a a, a design line and and having a doing more visual things like film, etc. But hmm. so that still it, it meant more than just me doing it and running an office and managing people. It was really interesting, and it, it was a crucible in which I really learned a lot about myself and and get, uh, acquired a lot of compassion for other people um, running businesses and doing it well. And Warner Brothers, um, I had more understanding of what, what they had created and the good parts about it. So... Um, so, no, the digital, I could still be in that situation now even if I had just downloads because it was more than just, you know, hmm. putting music out there.
0: Would you ever, I mean, there, there's a. I saw a little thing on your website where in your blog part you said that more and more musicians are being offered nice packages and sign-up fees and things by record labels, and they're saying, no, no thanks, we're doing it ourselves, and that's a good thing. Would you ever go back to a big label or... We're beyond that forever.
4: Uh, no, sure I would. Um, oh. if, if the vision of the label was was in alignment with, with my values, etc. Sure, just because it's a big label doesn't mean that it's a bad label. That it's bad. And I think I think we're going to see more leadership, you know, from people who you know see it quality before profit or earth before profit or all that um, Hmm. or operating on a higher level before profit and then that will be a a new way of having success that it will bring profit on it in its own way Um, I think you'll see that kind of thinking coming into companies that can be big in our lifetime yeah (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah, as long as we live long (laughs) but um, yeah don't you I mean
0: I hope so I mean it'd be lovely uh you know. but
4: I think it'll be different than what a normal label is now. And and when I did talk to different labels um after I left Warner Brothers and then I had Cheetah and then I did talk to labels after that too, 'cause I had I was creating music that I still wanted to get to get out there. Mhm. So I did still talk to people but um my lawyer and I came up with a what we thought was a really win win contract or the new millennium for labels, you know, for systems that were using music as its...
0: Um, in what ways, is it win value? Are you talking about the pricing system now?
4: With the label? No, it's just the, the ownership of rights.
2: Ah, and okay.
4: And, you know, and having things results-oriented so that if, if the results weren't there, that that would be reflected in adjusting the deal. Uh, and things that were results-oriented on both sides, But then again, but they're very one-sided, and also you have you have systems that can't change necessarily that easily. It takes time.
0: Yeah, but also, I mean, to be devil's advocate here, if you have something that's results-oriented, doesn't that force the performer to be more commercial, so to speak?
4: Uh, no. Uh, what would the results be from the performer?
0: Well, the results would be how many downloads, how many purchases, how many t-shirts. And if the performer's making more music that can be played on more radio stations and more people who are not necessarily cult advocates of that performer are into it, then that music will quote-unquote sell. I mean, it's the oldest, obviously, commerce-related story in the book. That's what I mean. Mm
4: -hmm. But when they sign you, they're signing you... I mean, it has to be clear that... um, they know what they're getting and that um, I guess you would define your parameters as clearly as you could, saying that you're not going to change much from the way you are. But if they think that that's a valuable thing for them to work with, then they know what they're getting. And then results on their end would be um, you know, that the budget for marketing for this record would be...
0: Yeah, that's a good point. ...this and, and, yeah.
4: and that they would have this many ads and this many... At a certain level, um, media format, and they'd have this many units in the stores.
0: Nothing that makes that sense, to me, yeah.
4: And then if it doesn't, if they start losing money and they have met their requirements, then both of you have to say, well, it's not in the air, and then we should lose, lose at the same time. That's
0: okay, I get that, and also, and it, it takes into account that some artists will have a fan base of 10,000, you know, and they don't have to have a fan base of 100,000 or a million. You know, you can start from different levels and tiers and understand, you know, that they'll relatively stay in those places, and that's okay as long as both, play, you know, both the company and the artist are working from the same vision of where that artist is.
4: Yeah, and artists have to be more, I believe, more accountable for themselves and informed about, you know, that that a company is not a it's not a charity hmm. um it's 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 not an altruistic thing it's meant to be a business, but there's a way to have a a balanced transaction between both parties, but it's not meant to be i i mean Warner Brothers lost a lot of money through me, and the advances they were giving me were way too high and <laughs> I've never heard it. an
0: artist say something like that never
4: oh that's well that's they, they were and um, and uh, at a certain point, I really felt like I wasn't pulling my weight, and that doesn't feel good. Wow. And so when they wanted to renegotiate the advances, I said yes, and then they added that um, they wanted to insist that I work with a producer, and then I said no, because um, at that point I just fin- finished, I think, when I was a boy, and then I did Maria,
2: mm-hmm.
4: and I felt... Um, they
0: didn't get me and and that um, I actually was a good producer. um, When I was a boy is, is I think, and I think a lot of people think, a a real masterpiece. I mean, not that you haven't done great work since or before, but something about that album remains really, really special. So I can understand your attitude of being like, hey, I can do this. (laughs) I I can do this just fine by myself.
4: Yeah, and that Well, I really think what makes someone... That success comes from my definition of success, which I think can be a commercial definition, comes from um, something being as undistilled as possible. That's what gives it durability. And um, as long as it touches people somehow. So if it's heart-oriented, to me that's a pretty good formula. But it's rare that I I mean, these stories are so old, where someone has a hit and then the record company almost shoots itself in the foot by not getting records into the stores in time. You know, or doing things, making moves that everyone else is saying, well, I don't get it. They deliver, or they, they just cause themselves to lose a lot of money when they seem to want money. And then they do things that make them lose money you know what I, yeah, you know what I mean so I, I think I think success comes from making someone more unique than the opposite, so to me i would I would really admire a record company person who said who listened to a demo tape and then sent it back and said, "I really think you could be more you than what I hear here, hm you
0: know? well, maybe that takes it's, a Clive Davis or something I don't know.
4: I don't know much about him, but I I don't think it happens very often, if ever. Um,
0: but then again, when they get a demo tape, how do they know who the you is? You know, they, have to, they have to live with a person and, and see them in concert five times or something, just to know who the you might be. And see them well, hopefully, stage, they've, you know? done, hopefully yeah.
4: they've done a fair bit of that if they sign them, but um, you, you can tell when people are trying to sound like Alanis Morissette or whatever uh. they think is the, the thing that will move them into alignment with commercial success. You can, you, can, you can smell a rat. People can smell a rat. The everyday person is probably the best person for smelling a rat.
0: The, the um, what, I'm sorry, I missed that. The, what the pers-
4: everyday person, I think, I have so much respect for everyday people and often oh, can everyday. articulate it. Yeah, mm-hmm. but they, they know when something's off, even if they don't know how to express it. But people are so, so smart. Anyway, I... They, cool.
0: they can tell when someone. They can smell the truth and they can smell fear. Minute Man! The superheroes of photocopying, printing and binding. Minute Man! No job too big or small. Minute Man! Family run since 1975. Minute Man! 1315 Broadway in Hewlett, Long Island, next to the new Low Shoe store. Tell them they've sent you for 10% off. Minute Mean, hero of our
4: photocopying dreams. Hello, everyone. This is Issa, and you're listening to Dave's Gone By on WGBB.
0: It is kind of fascinating to talk about the business part of all this and and the fact that you even before Radiohead even though they got all the the notoriety for it you were doing the whole pricing as you please thing before they were which is you know go to the website and if you want to download a song pay what you think is worth pay what you can afford and this this set the whole industry on its ear because they were thinking well, well everybody will just pay nothing or will they so what's been your experience with that to date?
4: Well, um, it's, it's an old model. I mean, it's a flexible interface so that when someone comes to your table in the bazaar, you try to make sure they don't walk away without something that they, that they would enjoy unless they really don't want it. So you, you, say, you, you, you try to find the right price for them. I mean, it's the same principle.
0: Well, no. In a bazaar, sorry,
4: but in this case, it's the person coming to the table who decides their price, and that's
0: fine. I mean, actually, in a bazaar, they're they're going to try and sell you anything, and if you don't want it, they'll just mark it down. I mean, it's a little kind of a little different. Your at least people coming to your site will probably want to get something from you. That's why they're there, and I guess, as you say, then it's it's good to find a reasonable negotiation, and that has worked for you so far.
4: Well, yeah, I, I mean, when I had fixed pricing for downloads, I'd say I'm making a bit more now. But but right now, I think, for me, I'm making much less with downloads than I did when I was selling CDs. But
2: in hmm. the end, when I
4: had my own little company, it the costs were so high for the manufacturing and mail order and staff and everything that went into it that um it wasn't worth it. But... um well, I guess maybe that maybe you're right. I'll have to think about that market thing. That, but the flexible interface thing um, is based on a respect for people's sense of balance, and I suppose that's that maybe one difference. Anyway,
0: well, here's a question. People... I'm sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but when you listen to music, do you go on um, iTunes or do you go to these different websites and do you pay anything or do is all the listening? music that you personally listen to,
4: free? Um, when I would download some Napster, and I downloaded a lot, I loved it. Um, it was so perfect, because when someone said, why don't you do this a cover version of this song for us, then I would go to Sam the Record Man, and then I would you know, spend $200 on every version I could find,
2: hmm. and that
4: would be one song on a whole record that I didn't listen to. Um, so downloading was just so efficient and quick, so I loved it. Oh, okay. um, But what I would do was, I would just, I can't say I did it by the end, but for a long time I would send $2 to the sweet relief fund that uh, Victoria Williams had. So I just decided for myself what,
2: huh. um,
4: what I wanted to pay, because not, no one was set up to, like, pay what you want or whatever. There was no... Options, so I I just decided myself how to balance it. But you know, on my website now, there's a, the people can balance it there, or they can. My favorite part is that that I they can balance it with me, or they can balance it on a wider level, you know, by buying you know an extra CD at a, a young band's show or something like that, or hmm. or talk to an elder longer than they really have time for and give them energy. People can pay back on a wider level, and that's just perfectly fine with me.
2: So
0: it it goes to that 1990s thing of pay it forward that, that, well, people kind of made fun of, but seemed like a pretty nice idea, actually, of of doing, well, in my culture it would be mitzvahs or good deeds or just, you know, having something done right and then paying it back by doing something good for somebody else. I mean, I think that's okay.
4: Yeah, and then if you do it for someone else and there's no... Um, there's no measurement. You, you don't know if the person paid it forward or not. So you just send it out into the universe cleanly and clearly. Don't you think?
0: Well, no, I think that's... that's I mean, and speaking of sending things out into the universe and, and sending them out there, I do kind of wonder when you were divesting your stuff and you were saying, I need to leave more simply. I need to get all this clutter and and stuff out of my life so I can live and be an artist and and feel a sense of personal freedom what were like one or two of the really toughest things that you had to let go
4: um the the, the last things I've been able to let go of and, and I still haven't let go of some of them are like and maybe I won't because I I I'm didn't want to be really hard on myself and, you know, rip up my roots faster than was
2: mm-hmm.
4: respectful to myself, but slowly I've been able to let go of things like um, on New Year's Eve this year I went to my locker and finally went through my tapes from, my cassette tapes from all my first records up to, I guess, Maria, Like from my first record through when I was a boy and All the cassettes of my early versions, and just playing the song on the piano, and those were quite precious to me. But then I thought, I don't want to. I don't think I'll ever listen to them. They're precious, but I don't have to have them. Um,
0: What did you? It doesn't stop
4: them from being precious. Yeah. By getting rid of them.
0: Well, I mean you can get rid of them by giving them to, say, a. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, or or did you just what did you do with them? Uh,
4: I went. <laughs> well, I while everyone else was partying, I was I was going into warehouse parking lots looking for dump dumpsters. You're kidding me. No, just,
0: you just you just dump
4: them. Yeah, they. Well, I don't want. To, I, I thought there was a certain arrogance to thinking someone else would like to spend 40 hours of their life listening through to all that stuff. I don't know. It just, it just seems... Uh, well,
2: I mean... It doesn't I, mean I haven't
4: kept some, some things, and they'll go probably to the National Library library in Ottawa.
0: Okay, okay. That's... Whew. I mean, imagine yeah, if yeah. somebody felt that way, if Bob Dylan one day said, you know... I've done enough. I think I'll just bang a dumpster somewhere and take these 1958 Boogie uh, Guthrie songs I was doing, and uh, who needs to hear them? I mean, hello. Uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I just that, that, that strikes me as a little too. No offense, but yipes. I'm. Mean, I, I yeah, but yeah. yeah. But the, I mean, you,
4: you mean masters?
0: Well, or even even just these homemade little cassettes of you at the of, of stuff that you can never get back. Of stuff that isn't somewhere else recorded and saved.
4: Yeah.
0: I mean, it's like throwing How out. I think a, a, it's sort of. Uh, I'm sorry.
4: Arrogant to think that they should be. I don't know. I I don't know. I I don't know, Dave. But I.
0: Or maybe you'll have. I don't know if you you all have kids, right? But maybe. Um, do you think you'll ever have kids or? Well, what?
4: if I had kids, I wouldn't want. I would want them to have a life, and I don't want someone doing a a book on me and a. I just don't want to take up. I put out the best that I could, and I, hmm. I don't know. I just I, I don't want to be one. of... I don't want to be responsible for people not having a life. How that sound?
0: Okay. And, 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 and on a lighter note, I mean, one thing that I was kind of surprised is, is that um, something that you couldn't sell that that you still held on to was your collection of Miles Davis CDs, and yet you you keep them in storage. Which I is like this.
4: I, I gave them away to someone at the locker beside mine. <laughs> oh, okay.
0: Because <laughs> if you're keeping the CDs in storage, that's as good as not having them anyway. I mean, the point of CDs is that they're you know you can listen to them. You you take them out, but I guess that you can listen to online if you you know
4: through iTunes or yeah. whatever. Yeah. Sure. There's a, a bit of a distortion in that. I, it sounds like I've gotten rid of stuff that I do have a, a lot of stuff on my laptop.
0: And you have you have a car. You drive.
4: No, I no, I let my car go. No, I I rent if I really need a car.
0: Okay.
2: And And I
4: pay a lot more for things because I I don't I don't keep. For example, say when you get a cold, then you get pills and this and that, and maybe a hot water bottle, and then then you have it, and then you have to cart it around with you. So I end up giving away lots of things and then buying them afresh. Next time, so
0: all the just in cases that yeah, no, that I, I get. I mean, you don't s- stock up in, at Costco you know, on toilet paper. I mean, you you get two rolls and boom, there you are. Uh, or not, because you're living in hotels half the time. So, I mean, that you get free. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. Um, I mean, I'm not trying to make light, but there is a kind <laughs> of a humorous... Yeah,
4: it, so far, it's free. So <laughs> toilet paper it's free in hotels. I don't know. Sometimes it's so so fancily hold it up though you you don't really feel you should be using it but
0: well in your idea of the universe though maybe hotels will start thinking so ecologically and and green conscious that they'll start using recycled toilet paper but have to charge people for it so well
4: i hope so i really hope so i think it's pretty uh, it's coming but the the people who stay in hotels usually have have money and and it seems like the they should Anything in a luxury situation should be especially green conscious because. Uh, hmm. no. But green hotels are coming. But yes, it's pretty slow. It's pretty, pretty upsetting, and and you have to cart things out of hotel rooms. Oh. <laughs> awesome.
3: You watch the slow train moving through the city late right at night, adjusting back and forth again The darkness and streetlights I know that you're feeling bad But I'm glad you did it. Easy to get caught up But you know you can't Thank you.
0: 2007, I created Shalom Dammit, Rabbi Saul Solomon's Peace, Love, and Acid Reflux Hour. It's a TV show by Jews about Jews and for everybody. It airs Wednesday morning 7:30 on Cablevision Channel 20. You can also watch episodes on YouTube. Just search under my name, Sal Solomon, or Shalom Dammit. And God saw that it was good, and you'll see it's great. Yes, the wonderful Rabbi Saul Solomon, every Wednesday morning on Channel 20, Woodbury Cablevision, catch Shalom Dammit. Or you can watch the first nine episodes on YouTube anytime you want to. Just look for Shalom Dammit. And also look for all the sponsors of this wonderful program, Dave's Gone By, that I'm happy to bring to you every week on Sunday nights. Our sponsors include, Jeff, do you want to do it or should I? You go right ahead, Dave. ULIT Minuteman Press, 10%, all jo- 10% off all jobs, big or small, at Minute Minuteman Press on Broadway in Hewlett. They're the copy kings. Performing Arts Insider Theater Magazine, the Bible of Broadway, and this big, big discount for uh, Dave's Gone By listeners who want a an annual subscription, the monthly subscription, only $10 an issue for the 12 issues. Check it out at PerformingArtsInsider.com. Also, MortgagesRock.com, the place to learn about how to get and give mortgages and loans. MortgagesRock.com. And finally, Jeff, come on, you do your own. Fancy, schmancy balloons. For people who want to decorate their parties, to have great centerpieces, to have balloons, to, to really make the thing look festive and nice, check them out at 516 797 Remember that, you know, I want to get your letters. I want to hear what you think of this program and your suggestions for other shows.
1: No, so- we only want to hear nice things.
0: Uh, or or negative cri- criticism in a positive way. At By at do, do we want to hear from prisoners? Uh, eh, kinda. If of. <laughs> okay. they're nice. Actually I almost had an interview with a prisoner, but uh that isn't gonna happen. So instead, what we have next week I'll, I'll explain that uh, we don't have time to talk about it right now. But um it's By at AOL dot com is the web address to uh, to, to write to me. And davesgoneby.org is the URL to check out everything about this weekly radio program, Sunday nights at 11. Remember to watch Dave's Gone By on TV, Friday nights at 7.30, also on Channel 20. And I know they've been showing the same episode over and over, but they'll have new ones pretty soon. And uh, remember, that you can hear 25 older episodes. Pardon me of Dave's Gone By anytime by going to the website davesgoneby.org. Big thank yous this week to my wonderful wife Joyce Weil to my friend Jeff Goodman for being here. Jeff, you want to say something quick? Nope. Something quick? Okay. Uh, I want to thank Mr. and Mrs. Weil. Uh, you know, it was very nice, and, and uh, gave me sort of an early birthday present, which is present. They gave you Joyce. <laughs> that's the best present of all, and uh, also. Big thank you to Carla at Fleming Artists, who set up the uh, Issa interview, and to Issa herself for being... uh, And Issa's mom. And Issa's mom, that's right, thank you, man. She was on the show... Issa, more of her next week, more music, more talk, and it gets, it gets even more fun next week. This was a lot oh, about I the business. No, I just can't wait. <laughs> oh, stop it. No, next week we actually talk more about her personal life and, and you know all the stuff she's given up, and, and it, it really gets kind of freewheeling. It gets sexy. She psychoanalyzes me. It gets, it gets kind of creepy. So next week, January 20th, Sunday night, Issa, part two. We, we will could, be back.
1: Yeah, sorry. We could while away the hours.
0: With uh, Well, I while away with the hours with my wife. Get it? No. <laughs> anyway, if we'll he be back
1: only had a
2: brain.
0: next Sunday night, January 20th, 2008, with the 256th episode of Dave's Gone By. Until then, don't miss your days going by. This is Dave Lefkowitz wishing you good night. And... Sh- wait. Oh, okay, so I, I get to st- say my name. Oh, things. sorry. Yeah, I'm trying to get out of here real quick, because the gospel people are, are chomping at the bit to go on the air here. So,
1: so the... Th- <coughs> It's Dave Lefkowitz and Jeff Goodman.
0: Eases and kisses.
1: And gone by...